I was 11 and my sister was seven when we held our first bathtub revival. Years of theological study, namely being asked to take notes on our dad's sermons and share them with our parents at Sunday lunch, had prepared us for this moment, the culmination of theological curiosity and prowess, a big tent meeting under the canopy of a bathroom ceiling peppered with glow-in-the-dark stars. We gathered together for the worship of God with our stuffed animals, the bathtub marking the front of our makeshift sanctuary. My sister preached a wonderful sermon. I don't remember her message, but I do remember the passion of her delivery, resplendent with power, saturated with truth, dripping with evangelistic swag. She concluded with a poignant invitation, turned to the front of the baptistry, and turned on the faucet. As the water flowed freely forth, I invited the congregation to please come, won't you come, as we stand and sing this song of invitation. On verse 3 of Just As I Am, Bama, our dog, came forward and was baptized. We dried her off and said the prayer for communion. Never before had saltines and grape juice been handled with such reverence and care. We celebrated as a community, giving thanks to God for life, love, and grace. This service was a special moment in time for us because our lives as we knew them were about to change. Our parents had just announced to us that we would be moving, leaving our childhood home in Brazil, South America, where we were missionaries, and going to a place called Roswell, Georgia in the USA. We found solace, my sister and I, during this difficult time in the familiar. In worship services, though born of silliness, which became sacred moments of togetherness and lament, praise and pleading. It was our attempt at surviving a tough time in our lives. Sometimes life is hard and at times it can feel like too much, especially when big changes happen. In the midst of a new and deadly virus sweeping the nation, forcing us into distance from our friends, family, and meaningful touch, life at the moment seems unreal, the living of it overwhelmingly difficult. We hope that this crisis will resolve soon, that our communities will survive, that we will make it individually through all that we are going through physically, emotionally, financially, and spiritually. We are facing a tough time in our lives. In tough times, we look for a promise to hold on to. In tough times, Jesus meets us and reminds us that the stories of our faith extend beyond the trials that are clouding our hope. In this time of crisis, as we adapt, 
Jesus meets us on the road, just as he appeared long ago to two grieving friends. Picture the story with me. It's a beautiful day. A bright blue cloudless sky stands in stark contrast to a dusty road. Several trees provide shade from the hot sun and a gentle breeze brings the whole scene to life as two travelers, Cleopas and his friend, walk along, engaged in conversation and entrenched in grief. I just don't understand how this could happen, Cleopas says. I know, replies his friend. I was sure he was the promised one. They are so overcome with sadness that they don't notice a man who has been following them for at least 15 minutes listening in. He catches up to them and says, hey, what are you guys talking about? We're just reliving the events of the past few days, they blandly reply. What events? The stranger asks. Cleopas looks at the stranger incredulously. Are you serious? Do you really not know about Jesus of Nazareth? We thought he was our Messiah, but they killed him and now we have no hope. We're on our way to Emmaus for the Passover feast, but it just feels wrong without Jesus. This time, it's the stranger who looks incredulous. Maybe I can help you understand. As they walk along, the stranger begins to tell the two travelers all of the stories they grew up hearing in Hebrew school, but in a way that they've never heard before. He's so passionate about everything he's saying that the words come out of him like they're actually a part of him. Cleopas listens on pins and needles to every word as his traveling companion wonders silently to himself. He's got holes in his wrists and ankles. There's a story there. They journey on together and when they arrive at Emmaus, the travelers beg their new friend to please stay and eat with them. He does, and when they have eaten their fill at dinner, the stranger takes a loaf of bread and holds it up to heaven. There's those holes in his wrists again. The man gives thanks for the bread and breaks it. As the crusty bread crackles and crunches under the pressure of the stranger's hand, the light catches the breadcrumbs and they settle like glitter onto the table. Cleopas gasps. Oh, Jesus used to do that after every meal. His fellow travelers beside himself with excitement. Nail scars, they're nail scars. They're not holes, they're nail scars. But as soon as they realize what's happening, Jesus vanishes from their sight, leaving them with a table full of breadcrumbs and hearts full of hope. They quickly gather their things and head for Jerusalem to tell everyone they know that Jesus is risen and that he was revealed to them when they broke bread together.
Cleopas and his friend join other followers of the way in remembering their favorite stories of Jesus's ministry. They talk deep into the night, reliving the memories of their faith, the loaves and the fishes, the wedding at Cana. Together, they celebrate the memories. They celebrate their precious Jesus. They celebrate the fact that the hope that they've been looking for is very much alive. We also celebrate the memories of our faith. We celebrate our precious Jesus. We celebrate the fact that the hope that we've been looking for is very much alive. As we spend our days living through this crisis, the memories of our faith move us forward. Images of our worship space, of the wonderful people in our church family, the sounds of familiar hymns and of the organ keep us tethered to our faith community. The collective stories of our faith in this time are tender gifts of grace and blessing to one another. In calling each other, praying for one another, and remembering together the faith that we have shared and gathered groups for Sunday school and morning worship. In continuing to share our faith through Zoom Sunday school and Bible studies and Sunday worship at home, in allowing this new experience of isolation to increase our empathy for our homebound who have long walked this road and know how it feels. In the prayers we offer on behalf of the vastly diverse cross-section of healthcare professionals and chaplains and other essential workers in our church family in the words of thanks that we express to them for their sacrificial work in this time, we find the hope that we have been looking for. The hope that we've been looking for is found in Jesus, who shows us how to love each other well, who invites us to break bread with him and to remember. The hope that we've been looking for is found in Jesus, who uses our memories to weave wonderful stories of faith that we can look back on when times get tough. The hope that we've been looking for is found in Jesus, through whom every meal is sacred and every place is Emmaus. Emmaus is the place we go when life becomes too difficult for us. Playing communion with my sister was an Emmaus for me in a difficult time because it inevitably brought us to a depth of peace neither of us could fully understand or describe, a tangible reminder of God with us. These days, my Emmaus is my balcony garden where I sit in the morning sun. I light a candle to remind me of God's presence with me, sip my coffee, and just rest for a moment. What is your Emmaus? 
Is it a favorite memory of worship in the sanctuary? A certain spot in your garden? A beloved memory from your childhood? Find your own Emmaus, a place you can go in your mind or a ritual you can practice at home, a way for you to be reminded that you are loved by a caring creator. You are held and grounded by a merciful savior. Find your own Emmaus and go there when you need to be reminded of God's love and the hope that we have in Christ. Find your Emmaus and go there when you need to relive the memories and the stories of your faith, but don't stay there. Remember, be refreshed, and then come back to be the presence of Christ in the lives of those around you. We are reflections of Christ to the world. We are the safe places where people can air their deepest fears and find healing balm for broken hearts. We are the table at which weary souls break bread together and are refreshed. We are the blessing Christ speaks over shared bread and cup, reminding those around us that Christ is risen, hope is risen, and faith has a place on which to stand. As we continue to journey through this strange and difficult time, let's remember the stories of our faith and the love of Christ that keeps us tethered to one another and to him. Let's be bread and juice and life to those who have lost their hope when we pray with each other, cry with each other, laugh, mourn, or celebrate with each other, we become bread and juice and life to people who need it. While the darkness of the virus and its aftermath rages around us each day, let's become Emmaus to each other. When we offer prayers for one another, praying together over the phone, sending an encouraging note, we become safe places. We become Emmaus to fellow travelers on the road. Emmaus is the place where Christ meets us in blessing, in shared bread and cup, in hope that lives forever. Thanks be to God.